0: Well, hello and welcome to the Inside Source, where we take you inside our minds of what we think is going on in our local and national sports world. All from the comfort of the ACU TV podcast studio at Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas. I'm Joseph Chapa alongside Connor Mullins and Jalen Garrett. Connor and Jalen will introduce themselves and talk about their experiences, with ACU TV, similar as Coy and I did in our first episode with our director Hutton Harris. So we're going to start with you, Connor. Connor, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for ACU TV specifically and how have your experiences uh, been?
1: So I'm a sophomore journalism major. I'm from Abilene. When I visited ACU for the first time, they had just finished their. Or were working on their studio and I kind of fell in love with uh, the place they had and uh, It was just I could see myself like thriving in this environment. And so visited a couple more times and then finally made the decision official. Uh, Came to ACU last year uh, as a freshman and then um, got involved with The Optimist, got involved with ACU TV, had some phone calls with Hutton over the summer about getting involved. And I didn't really do a whole lot my first semester here because of COVID stuff, kind of shut a lot of things down with sports. But over the break, I did a lot of basketball games and some high school football games to kind of get me up to speed with where I needed to be. And then in basketball season last year, I got to sideline a few games, got to announce a couple games, uh, but specifically the same Houston game last year was a lot of fun because it was packed. Uh, whoever won got sole position of first place in the Southland. It was just a huge environment and a great crowd. And it was one of my favorite moments. And then, you know, beating UT obviously and being on camera for that, for the watch party was incredible. So that's what I do for ACTV. All right,
0: how about you, Jalen? Yes,
2: yeah, so I'm a adjourned junior journalism major, uh, sociology minor, and my experience with TV has been indescribable. Um, I actually talked first talked to Hutton uh, when I was just graduating high school. And I, did, I was doing an internship at my church and um, he called me while I was on my lunch break. I vividly remember this. And we had a really good 20 minute conversation on the phone and us just going like back and forth about things. And like one of the last questions I remember asking me was, are you a sports fan? And I was like, come on now, <laughs> like that's without question. And the the very first shift I worked for ACTV was the day after I moved in freshman year. And I, we filmed something for Wildcat Week. And just from that then, that day on, just being able to, do everything. I primarily do camera work, and I'm all, this year. I'm also diving into some producing as well, and possibly some in front of the camera stuff. Yes, but, uh, we'll see about that. Um, I've just really appreciated the intentionality that Hut Hutton and this entire department has brought onto us as students, and I will never forget. TV when I graduate and it's been a beautiful journey so far and I come excited every day and so yeah that's my journey.
0: Wow well thanks guys and you know as a freshman journalism major myself uh, working with TV, it's it's definitely a pleasure to work with guys like you especially upperclassmen will experience like you said Connor I mean and Jalen you guys were able to experience the best sports event in ACU history, and that was beating the University of Texas at uh, Austin Longhorns. So on that note, Jalen, what do you envision the rest of this semester, your junior year, and what do you envision next year uh, about ACU TV? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to uh, strive and and, and put your stamp on uh, before you leave school? And then we'll let Connor answer that.
2: Yes, so this semester um, I've decided to start doing more producing. Um, I kind of wanted to come out of my comfort zone, um, just not only doing camera work, but also doing producing, um, being able to experience a lot of things, different things that ACTV has to offer. Um, I'm in a class with Hutton that he teaches broadcast production. Joseph, you're in it, and Connor, I know you've already taken it as well. Um, And just making sure that I continue to learn and be a sponge and be able to be, versatile with my skills and what i want to do um i also have a goal as well to do some basketball games in front of the camera again coming out of my comfort zone you know i think that's something that acu has always done for me personally and for a lot of other people that i know is it's helped them come out of their comfort zone um really showcase what they have to offer in their own majors and organizations that they're a part of. And I just want to continue to grow and continue to expand what I already know and continue to just, again, be a sponge and learn from a guy like Hutton and continue to learn with people like you two. And um, so I'm excited for this semester and moving forward uh, before my senior year. It's
1: great, great. Connor? I'm hoping to just do more announcing and writing. Uh, I really enjoy doing uh, the analyst side of things for announcing, but I've also got to do more play-by-play. This, uh, especially this basketball season, more play-by-play than I did last semester. I think I've just I'm trying to de- develop my voice a little bit more and learning how to um, just kind of coordinate with the person next to me and have a good, you know, rapport with them and uh, make it feel like. know we're just watching a basketball game and just we're calling it like we see it you know and then just giving some insights here and there on like what they're doing and so I think I just want to be more proactive in how I you know come to the camera come to the mic and how I present myself on camera just trying to be more comfortable and in the future just continue to learn from Hutton and learn from you know guys like Zach Carlisle who announces a lot of games for us and guys like Grant Boone Mm -hmm. um, and then working with you all I know it's a lot of fun it's a it's a work in progress for all of us, so it's fun to learn from some of these these mentors we have here at ACTV. Great.
0: Well, great, great stuff, guys. And uh, on that note, after the break, we are going to recap and break down the college football national championship game that we saw last night, Alabama versus Georgia. Georgia winning their first national championship since 1980. We'll break it down after the break. all right and welcome back to our second segment and we are going to be breaking down the national college football championship game alabama versus georgia if you don't live under a rock you have known whether you watch the game maybe a little bit of the game, saw it on Twitter, saw it uh, through a text message, or however you get your sports news, that Georgia won the national championship game 33-18 to against the Alabama Crimson Tide, avoiding Nick Saban's eighth national championship last night. Connor, we'll start with you, my man. Tell us what you think.
1: Well, I'm a huge SEC fan, specifically an Arkansas fan, and our coach used to be the O-line coach at Georgia, so I was rooting for Georgia last night. I don't I can't stand Alabama. I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest. I don't I don't like Alabama, so it's really fun to see Georgia just put it on him, see Kirby Smart, you know, come out against his former coach, beat him. Stetson Bennett, what a game. I mean, he only had a couple fumbles, yeah. but it was really efficient with the ball. And then James Cook broke that 67-yard run late in the fourth quarter, and that kind of sealed the victory. And then they get the interception just to sweeten it even more at the end. Uh, I just It was a lot of emotions for a lot of Georgia fans, I'm sure, last night. So it was just really cool yeah. to see Georgia come out with The dub against such a dominant program like Alabama. And in the first half,
0: it was, you know, field goal, field goal. I believe it was 9-6 at halftime. So it was a very slow-paced game. Teams just couldn't finish their drives. And then all it took, like you just said right now, Connor, all it took was Georgia or or maybe even Alabama could finish drives. Just those big plays, whether it's running the ball, defense, or Stenson Bennett, who was a big key to this game. Jalen, what do you think about Stenson Bennett? And what did he prove last night to the entire world?
2: He had that cigar when they won. (laughs) He stepped up. It was great to see him kind of take charge, really take charge of the offense against that Alabama defense because Alabama's defense has been arguably the most dominant defense year after year after year. And so it was great to see him not make those mistakes and really just take charge and have a great game. He didn't have that many crazy stats, but he was very consistent throughout the entire game. And um, it was a great game to watch. You know, it seems like Nick Saban is the leader of just football, I think. Not even in the NFL, it's like Nick Saban, when you hear Nick Saban, attraction. And it was great to see uh, a student of Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, who they last played in the 2018 college football championship, which was probably the most famous that everyone remembers, and uh, Georgia taking that disappointing loss. To see Georgia win was great, and it was a great game, and um, yeah, it was just really good to see Georgia win, not to hear Alabama's name, and Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I feel like that's how a lot of whether you want to call, call them fans or just really viewers in general say, you know, Alabama's really got he's they're really the favorite in this game. It's like, oh, it's Alabama. I mean, what do you know? It's it's a new year, but it's the same Alabama. Although it was the Alabama team that hasn't been the best. I mean, this is kind of like a medium type, yeah. you know, aggressive style Alabama team. So we talked about the winning quarterback in Stenson Bennett. Now let's go over to the Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young for Alabama. bryce young said after the game that this game's on him he said that he basically fumbled the bag he basically did not uh, have enough good reads and he just let his teammates down connor and jalen how do you break that down and going forward with Nick Saban especially this was a key moment was that after the press conference Nick Saban I don't know if you guys saw I was on Twitter and things like that where Nick Saban got up and he and he shielded Bryce Young and Will Anderson and said, hey whoa whoa, whoa hold up I just got to say something else to the media and really praised them and said that you know they take responsibility for this loss but they're going to come back stronger than ever Jalen what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah it was good to see Nick Saban do that to reaffirm Bryce Young he's Heisman Trophy winner and it showed that Heisman Trophy winners are human and even in the biggest moments you have your bad days. Mm-hmm. And it was good to see Nick Saban reaffirm him and it showed how great of a mentor he is to say that, hey, it's not all your fault. And it was good on Bryson Young to say, you know, I made some mistakes and some of those mistakes cost us cost costed us the game. But um Throughout the entire season, Bryce Young was phenomenal, Absolutely, and this one game will not define him, and going forward in his college career, I think he's going to continue to be one of the best players in the country.
1: Yeah, Bama's going to be back. I mean, as long as Nick Saban is there, they're going to be back in the top <laughs> five every single year he's there. Uh, Bryce Young made a couple bad decisions, which led to a couple interceptions. But he threw the ball fifty-seven times. I mean, you can't you can't do that and expect to win the game, especially for a freshman quarterback on the biggest stage you can get at the college level. I mean, it's it's not going to be easy to win. You know, throwing the ball fifty-seven times, having three hundred seventy yards, great stat line, but two interceptions, negative forty-three rushing yards because his O line could not hold up that Bama defense or that excuse me that Georgia defense most of the game. You know, they had nine TFLs. Eight pass deflections. They were all over the field last night. Jordan Davis leading that defense. But going back to Stetson Bennett for just a moment, I remember watching that Arkansas and Georgia game last year when uh, their quarterback went down, DeWan Mathis for Georgia, yep. and then Stetson Bennett comes to that game. Arkansas was up ten to three at halftime. Georgia wins that game thirty-seven to ten because of Stetson Bennett. And so, just his career at Georgia, twenty seventeen goes to Georgia, transfers to a JUCO, comes back to Georgia, starts, and wins the national title. I mean, you can't ask for more. He ever a minute. But for Bryce Young, you know, he's going to be back for Bama. I mean, as long as he's at Bama, you know, they're going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, whether you're a Bama fan or Georgia fan, even though Alabama lost and everyone lost some of their bets, I don't know, maybe a lot of people did bet on Georgia for the underdog and, you know, <laughs> yeah. win some easy money off those parlays right there, you have to be able to be happy with yourself. So that, hey, Georgia won their first national championships since 1980. Kirby Smart, as you alluded to, uh, Jalen, student of the game with Nick Saban, Stenson Bennett, balled out. They did all the right things well that they needed to, and they proved a lot of the country wrong. And coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about our college, ACU. We've been talking about both the men and women's basketball program and how they can bounce back going forward after a men's back-to-back losing streak and a women's one-loss streak against a blowout loss against Sam Houston State University. Coming up right after the break. All right, and welcome back. And as we just finished talking about two of the best college football colleges in the world, we're going to be talking about our college here at Abilene Christian University. And we're going to start with the women's basketball program coached by coach Julie Goodenough. And right now, ACU women's basketball, 11-4, 3-1 in their conference, just experienced their first conference loss yesterday on Monday against Stephen F. Austin 65-81, to and before this break, I said that they lost to Sam Houston. Actually, they beat Sam Houston 70-59, to and they beat Sam Houston down three starters, and that's a lot to your basketball program, especially now with these COVID protocols. You're in and out of the lineup, in and out of practice, and that kind of just changes your game plans. So, Connor, what do you see going forward for this women's basketball program, whether they're healthy now or not?
1: Well, they lose to SFA yesterday by 16, but SFA has always been a dominant team at the mid-major level. You know, they beat Houston earlier this season, lose to A&M by 7. A&M is no slouch, especially at the women's level. You know, beat New Mexico, beat all these mid-major teams, lose to Gonzaga by 10. They're they're one of the best mid-major women's basketball programs. And, you know, for ACU... You take that loss with a grain of salt, you know, you got to bounce back against Grand Canyon and New Mexico State this weekend. You know, two great teams for the whack. But, you know, SFA, that's that's a great team. You're probably not going to beat them most years in the way they fought back, only losing by 16, I think. You know, it's not a bad loss. I mean, yes, it's 16 points, yeah. but it's the one of the better mid-major mm-hmm. teams in the country. I think they're ranked in the top 50 in net rankings at one point this season. You know, that's you, you beat Sam Houston Saturday down several starters. Taylor Morgan goes off, gets WAC player of the week this week with 21 points with their performance. There's so much depth on this team at the guard position that they're going to be fine. It's just a matter of what team shows up. Yeah. Jill.
2: Yeah. Abilene Christian is second in the WAC in scoring offense. So they've proved that they know how to run an offense. Julie Good Enough knows how to run this offense. Defensively, is where I sometimes have concerns. I do think they need to step up defensively, but that was not a bad loss at all, as Connor said. Um, the women's team has, have been very consistent mm. this year, and especially bouncing back from last season, which wasn't their best season. And they have a lot of new players this season. And I think the Wildcats are just fine. They They have nothing to be ashamed of at all and I think they're gonna bounce back this week against Grand Canyon. And um, yeah, it was not a bad loss at all.
0: Yeah, and you know, Connor, you mentioned a, a big key name right there, and there was Taylor Morgan, number 10. Guard for ACU women's basketball, WAC player of the week. I mean, she has been awesome these past couple of days for her program. What does this mean going forward? You know, she comes off you know, she comes off the bench, she's a great shooter, but she's really good at ball control. She knows how to slow the game down, get her teammates involved, and she just works really, really hard. I know that's cliche, you know, everyone works hard, everyone shows up at practice, shows up in the weight room, shows yeah. up in the film room, but she just takes it to a whole nother level. Your thoughts, Connor, on her performance so
1: far? I mean, she's probably the, what, number three guard on this team, and she just puts up that performance on Saturday. I mean, if you can get that out of her every single night off the bench, they're going to be very well in conference. They're going to be just fine. It's the matter of can Jamie Panarin be consistent? Can Taylor Borg be consistent off the bench? You know, they lost Breonna Wright a couple years ago, Southland Mm -hmm. Conference Player of the Year at the women's level, and they're still trying to find that person. you got Cameron Morat. one of the best three-point shooters in the country you got Taylor Morgan who's right there with them and then Jamie Benarins right behind them you know they're top 3 in the WAC I don't know if they are right now but early in the season they were top 3 in the WAC in three point percentage if you can just use your guards to their abilities build that rotation up and then get some forward play you know you don't need excellent forward play on this team if you can shoot the three ball well with the guards you've got you're very deep at this at the guard position so the Fords don't have to play excellent they just got to play to their style play to their game hmm. Taylor Morgan She's she's playing her role excellently this season.
2: Yeah, again, Sam Houston State, Taylor Bergen dropped 21 points and seven rebounds. Um, Maddie Miller, as well, also dropped 17 points as well. They know, again, they know how to score the basketball. And if they continue to use that to your advantage, they will continue to be successful. And um, they don't have that much length on their team, but when they know how to, when they do score, they can, Go so far and so that is going to be their driving force this season using that scoring to their advantage to win ball games especially in this conference that is seeing a lot of more competitive programs as well and great competition for acu and this is going to be their time to step up and show what they're made of
0: now speaking of time to step up let's switch over to the men's basketball program for acu coming off of back-to-back losses starting on january 6 against sfa 58 to 64. what a tight tight loss right there coming back from 17 points uh, Out really from the uh, late first half, and then you lose on Saturday to a, on a buzzer beater against Sam Houston State University, 63-65. Coach Tanner just had a show yesterday here, uh, as uh, as we do the coach the Brett Tanner show on ESPN Plus Mondays and Tuesdays, uh, airing now on ESPN Plus. Now this men's basketball team is heading on the road. They're traveling to Phoenix, Arizona, Thursday to play Grand Canyon. Then they travel Saturday to New Mexico to play New Mexico State. Very tough two games ahead. If you were to describe the state of this team, Connor, what would it be and how do they overcome this adversity that they're in?
1: Well, starting off with Sam Houston, the most recent loss, Savion Flag played out of his mind in that first oh, half. Yeah. And he just couldn't bounce back. You know, he finishes that game with 25 points. You know, Texas A&M transfer did very well at a and I mean... He should not be playing for a team like Sam Houston, if I'm being completely honest. But, you know, <laughs> 9 for 13 from the field in 37 minutes is just absurd. That's hard to come back from. They didn't get their 20 turnovers on Saturday like that. They went to every single game, only finished with 16, only got 8 points off of turnovers. That's the big thing for me is how do you turn their defense into offense these next few games against the best two teams in the WAC? Yeah. There's no doubt about it yep. that Grand Canyon and New Mexico State are the best two teams in the WAC. Today, New Mexico State was ranked 13th in the Bracketology for March. So they are no joke this year. Grand Canyon last year won the WAC tournament. They played Iowa in the first round, obviously lost that game. But these two teams are going to be really tough this week. They're going to have to learn how to turn this defense into offense because they haven't really been able to do it really consistently all season long. It's going to take Cameron Stuhl, who had no points against Sam Houston on Saturday, to step up, have the week he had in Utah a week ago. Arian Simmons and Corey Mason contributed for 41 of their points on yeah. Saturday. I mean, you can't have that. you got to get more out of your role players, more out of your offense. Get guys like Jay Sean in. Get guys like Logan McLaughlin in because he can shoot that three ball if he's taking yeah. up 10 shots. I mean, he's making half of them. I yeah. mean, you're back in this game. So it's going to be defense to offense. How do you t- transition and how do you bounce back this week against two of the best two teams in the conference?
2: Yeah, can we show love to Arian Simmons, 22, 22 points, Ten rebounds, Corian had 19 points. They have been their two best scorers this season. Um, Corian Mason is actually second in the WAC in three-point field goal percentage. And as Connor said, they seemed really, they didn't seem that alert on defense against Sam Houston. Savion was lighting them up. And it's going to, how are they going to transfer that defense into points And um, they're seventh in the WAC, and it's competitive. And I think it's really showing that ACU is going to really have to step up and use that home crowd because that home crowd, when they play at home, they... Yeah,
0: Coach Tanner alluded to that.
2: Yeah, they know how to get get things going. And so now that they're on the road and they're going to come back home, how are they going to use that momentum in these next few games? But... Much love to Arion. He really stepped up. Only missed four shots, nine of thirteen. Arion has been playing huge this season, and yeah, ACU men's they they've been playing really consistently. And these two losses show that hey, it's gonna get harder f- from here for them. And so it it was not a bad loss. It was a great game to watch on Saturday. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Arion is a baller, man. I mean, he is their, their big guard. Like Coach Channer says, and you can make the argument that these next two games on the road, the 13th and the 15th, Grand Canyon and New Mexico State, really could decide the season for them. I know that's kind of really early to say, but as you said, Jalen, it is the Western Athletic Conference. It's not the Southland anymore where you know that these games, you're just going to win, 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 win. Now you're in a two-game losing streak. You're 2-2 in conference. And these are going to be really big games. And we'll see how they bounce back just as Klay Thompson bounced back in the NBA after sideline two years, maybe two and a half years from his Achilles and ACL tear injuries. We'll be breaking that down right after the break. All right, and welcome back to our last segment where we're going to be talking about Klay Thompson, number 11 guard, three-time world champion for the Golden State Warriors, also known as the second Splash Brother, to Stephen Curry, one of the best players of all time. Now, before we dive into Klay Thompson's Uh, you know, returns to the NBA, mind you that in a couple of days, it's going to be the three of us, it might be Hutton, it might be Coy. we're going to be having an NFL playoff episode where it's all going to be all about the NFL, breaking down the playoffs, breaking down each matchup and seeing can the Dallas Cowboys actually make the Super Bowl. Actually. Actually, (laughs) I think so. So before, you know, I know the NFL is a really hot topic right now especially that Chargers and Raiders game, but don't not worry. We're going to be covering that in detail pretty soon. Jalen, we're going to start with you, my man. I know I know you're excited about this one. Talk to me about Clay Thompson. What do you
2: think? Yes, 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 yes. It's beautiful to see the second Splash Bro back in effect. 2019 Tours ACL in Game 6 in the Finals. In 2020, misses the entire 2020-2021 season with the torn Achilles. And... I think a lot of people were doubting him if he's ever going to be the same. Is he ever going to be himself as we know him? And dropped 17 points, played 20 minutes against the Cavs. He looked like he didn't miss a step at all. Had that poster dunk, gave gave that little growl, and the whole bench was hype. It was great to see him back when... Clay is on the floor, that gives Steph a release of not being the main offensive weapon. And now that their team has guys like Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, this team has become even more dangerous. And I think now they're even more of a threat and a favorite to win the championship. They're not only one of the best offensive teams in the league, but they're the best defensive team in the league with Draymond Green. And just to... Get some stats on Thompson, he's averaged 20 plus points from 2014 to 2019. So in that era of the Warriors, when they were winning championship after championship, Clay was a huge part of that. And if they can get even a fraction of what he was during that uh, strength in numbers era, (laughs) then the Western Conference and the NBA needs to be on alert because the Warriors are... The Warriors are back. The
0: Warriors are back. (laughs) And
2: the Warriors are back. And these last few seasons, like the Warriors, they went from a championship to being the number one pick. And that you have James Wiseman coming back healthy as well in his second year. And he showed a lot of promise in his rookie year. And so I'm excited for Clay. I'm excited for the Warriors. I think they're going to be very careful with him because obviously he's a great asset and the Warriors are – i'd say they're the smartest basketball franchise in the game they know how to get players they know how to make a cohesive team and a concise team and so i'm excited for the warriors this year
1: talk mm-hmm. about a cohesive team i don't know about the lakers though we can talk well, about that but yeah back to your point about being you know one of the smarter franchises of the nba they're kind of like the patriots you know and the nba you know patriots Obviously one of the smartest teams of Bill Belichick at the, for the Patriots. But back to my point about the Warriors. Steph Curry did not play very well in these past few games. And yeah. then he gets Clay Thompson back. Clay, Clay played great. 17 points, 20 minutes. Couldn't ask for more in a debut game after two and a yeah. half years out. But Steph did not play well last week against the Mavericks. Five for 24 from the field. Week before that against Miami. Three for seventeen against Utah, eight for eighteen. He's only shooting twenty eight percent from the three point line this month. I think Clay being back is just going to help his game elevate to that next level. Because we were talking about him being an MVP type caliber player this season, even though he's aging a little bit. But to have Clay back, that just gives him that splash, bro. Like you said, to get his numbers back up, get that three point percentage back up. It's just really good to see a guy like Clay Thompson back out on the court.
0: And yeah, you know, as a as a diehard Lakers fan, that's I mean, tough. It, it, it's tough because you know that the Golden State Warriors are back. They do give LeBron James and the Lakers problems, although they haven't faced in the postseason yet. We do know that they give LeBron James problems, but I think we can all agree that it's great to have Klay Thompson back because he, when he last played an NBA game, Anthony Davis was still a Pelican, Kawhi Leonard was still a Raptor. So I mean wow. these, I mean these. What's happening right now in the NBA is just remarkable. I mean, we are just kicking off a great 2022 year in sports. Clay's back. ACU is back, but we need to recognize that they're going to go through some challenges in the WAC, but later on they'll reach Vegas tournament and hopefully go to Portland for March Madness. The NFL is wild. The Cowboys are back in the playoffs, and college football was a good season, (laughs) kind of a weird season with COVID and all these things. But it's a great time to be a sports fan, and it's a great time to listen to our podcast. So thank you, Jalen. Thank you, Connor, for hopping on the podcast with yes, me. I'm Joseph Chapa. Uh, Signing off with Connor Mullins and Jalen Garrett. And we want to tell everyone that, again, our NFL, all NFL playoff picture podcast will be up in a couple of days, episode three, where we're going to be diving in and breaking down each NFL playoff matchup and see and paint the roadmap of how the Dallas Cowboys can not only make but win the Super Bowl. I mean that would be a great, great treat. So is
2: this an episode about the Cowboys or about the NFL? Well, you know, the NFL the NFL is
0: the Cowboys, you know, the NFL is That's the Cowboys. Fair. That's fair. No, but, <laughs> but but I'll be objective and it'll be you know. We'll see we'll see what those Cowboys can do, man. And all right, well thank you guys for for joining me. Thank you guys for tuning in. And always remember to stay inside the source with us here on Spotify, the ACU TV sports podcast.